Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, and myself, LeVar Arrington. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. So we got somebody in the I, NFL feeling the heat a little bit here as we're grooving along on a Thursday. Just grooving, Brady Quinn. Hey. How about that? LeVar's grooving. Hey. I am too. You swiveling your hips, yeah. Brady? Moving them around? No, huh? I'm, not doing, I'm, I'm not doing any of that. All right, that's good. Uh, <laughs> this is your is, song, Brady. Yeah, that's your on. choice. Yeah. Come on, Brady. Swim them a little well, bit. Well, Jonas, you know? like, takes away any of the, like, coolness to it. Like you asked oh, earlier. yeah. That's our mean. friend on Virginia Beach. Like, Jonas, yeah. Jonas makes things just awkward. But by the way, uh, mm. somebody uh, wrote in and said that uh, Arrington, Virginia, was named after LeVar. Is that truth? Uh, it's or is that not, true? but there okay. is an Arrington, oh, Virginia. Oh, okay. Well, listen. I thought Very it was true. Big family. I'm, I'm going to keep telling people it is. Thank you. Know, you. So. you know, there's a uh, Knox Thank County you. in Illinois. I don't know if yeah. you guys know this or not. My family's from uh, Monmouth, you know, White Herb from that. That, there's uh, also, that part of the yeah, country. There's that, also so. a Knoxville and Tennessee. Yeah, is your dog right? alive, too? No, he's not. That, yeah. He's dead. Oh, okay. But thank yep. you for bringing that up again. Yep. You're a really good sure. person. Uh, all right, sure. so there he is, folks. Uh, the voice uh, and face of PETA, brothers. Brady Quinn, uh, with us here on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> uh, LeVar Arrington, uh, myself, Jonas Knox. It's two pros and a cup of joe. We're going to take you all the way up until uh, 9 a.m. <laughs> Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific here on Fox Sports Radio. So, um... We've got a couple of pieces of sound from Mike McCarthy, the Dallas Cowboys head coach. I'm going to let you guys uh, pick a card, any card. Do you want to hear Mike McCarthy talk about the final play call uh, and Dak Prescott's decision, or do you want to hear Mike McCarthy talk about his job security? Which one do you want to hear first? I could right. care less do, about the play today. <laughs> do, okay, do, <laughs> uh, do, well, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, he was trying to explain it, and I don't know if he was placing blame on Dak Prescott, but, uh, you know, there was there was that. But do you want to hear about it, Mike no, McCarthy? So, so so you pointed that out. Let's hear from the horse's mouth, though, first, and we don't have to talk a long time about it. I but. mean, well, you know, I, I don't think we need to call him a horse, but here was Mike McCarthy talking <laughs> about that final play. As far as Dak sliding, giving the ball to the center, the center can spot the ball. The receiver can spot the ball. Uh, so the opinion of you can't spot the ball is not correct. Our guys are trained to spot the ball exactly on the referee spots. You know, obviously the umpire has to come in. He, all he has to do is touch it. We're in a 3-2-1 situation. Just snap the ball. So our threshold in that situation, based on the plays, is 13 seconds. You know, so we were 14 seconds. So we're, we're clearly within our range. And our thought process there is we have two options. We were looking for a quick throw or the check to the draw. That's the right call based on our preparation. We just got to really look at the, you know, the mechanics and the timing of that too. So it's a 13-second threshold is the call. At 14 seconds, it's in my view the right call. So we're cutting it down to a second here. Wait. I was like, I mean, let's just be real. I, I, to, I told you guys before, the study we did in Seattle, it's 16 seconds was like, yeah, if you have 16 seconds, you can get a playoff inbounds, go up and clock it, and 100% certainty you're going to be able to get another play. Anything under that, it's a gamble. That's what they did. They gambled. And, and mind you, here's what I think is so dumb about the play call, and I don't know why Mike McCarthy isn't just willing to admit it. Why would you design a play like that where there's no option or chance for him to get out of bounds? You could run a quarterback sweep and go pick up 10 yards, 
have a whole crew student body right of blockers to go block the defenders who are coming from the sideline because that's what they're defending. And you get your 10 yards and you get out of bounds. So you don't have to worry about any of it. Now, yeah, you run the risk that you get tackled inbounds. No different than you do if you run the quarterback draw. But, by the way, he, he's, he's not technically right in that instance because a center or a wide receiver cannot spot the football. They can't spot it. it. it it's the official. That's the official correct. ultimately has to spot the ball he to set to the line of scrimmage. the sideline, the sideline so, official where he's at and set the ball yeah. based off of that. So that is incorrect. But uh, anyway. well, I'm just listening to him. And and wasn't it Larry Fitzgerald that made it a point uh, on a clip a couple yes. years ago where he ran literally ran the ball ran, over to the official? Took it from a teammate. Yeah, took it from a teammate. Remember to go run it over and yeah. give it to the official. And, yeah. and I just, I mean, so if you're sitting at second and one and you got 14 seconds left, I don't know. I'd rather take three shots uh, at the end zone personally. I mean, at, at that point, but you know, what the hell do I know? I mean, but you know, again, this is going to be, uh, this is conversation and Mike McCarthy is going to get a lot of the heat. Dak's going to, this is going to, to Brady's point, how uh, Tony Romo gets his balls broken about that fumble uh, snap on the uh, field goal attempt uh, in Seattle. This is going to be a Dax moment where he's you going know, to be known there was there, the butt fumble there was there, there were a couple plays that were being po- posted that was like oh well what about this one that could define <laughs> you know there were a lot right. that were coming out like man that was there have been some really really boneheaded plays that have have kind of been a part of like the memories of of a guy's career. Carson so. Wentz's left-handed interception. Uh, yeah, That's there's a been a ton. One. Yeah, there's a bad one too. Uh, all was, right, so, there was a few I saw. So here's uh, here's Mike McCarthy. More from him talking with the media yesterday. This time about his job security and how he feels at this point. I understand what goes on here every day. I know how to win. I know how to win in this league. I know how to win playoff games. I know how to win a championship. So I have great confidence in that. Uh, what we've built uh, here in two seasons, I feel very good about. Um, and I think with that, uh, you just you stay true to that. You know, the hard part's the personal. So we all have kids. You know, so that that's the part that I don't like. I just hope people are respectful to that. Okay, so if I don't disagree with the first part. If let me ask you guys this, if Kellen Moore or and I'll leave it at Kellen Moore because it feels like, you know, he's the, you know, the the Dallas Cowboy. Dan Quinn's going to have opportunities. But if Kellen Moore is getting an opportunity to go be a coach somewhere in the next week or so, could you see a scenario in which Jerry Jones not wanting to lose Kellen Moore and wanting to keep him in the family? uh makes a, a, I don't want to call it a drastic move, but makes a decision to move on from Mike McCarthy because he feels like the future no. of this team is no. in Kellen Moore's hands. No. Okay. Not- I, I, I don't think it's Kellen Moore. I think they'd pay him, make him the highest paid OC and satisfy it that way. Cause you can do that. Right? They, they did that with Sean Payton, right? Back in the sure. day. Sure. And yeah. And, and coaches aren't subject to the salary cap, right? So they can be paid whatever they want, but I, I would see it more going that route. I, I think Dan Quinn to me is the linchpin. Like, he's the one that I could see if they really value what this team was able to do this year. They'd look at the defensive side of the ball. Now, the rankings aren't going to look the same as the offense, right, it, it, with the number one rankings in yards and, and points. But that's been the most improved side. That was probably their most consistent piece throughout the entire season. I like your point, and the reason why I like your point is is that to, to kind of confirm what you're saying about the, the thought feeling of Quinn, when – McCarthy went down with COVID. Who was the interim? Who ran the ran the team DQ? in his absence? Because yeah. hey, I'm pretty you sure go. you and I bet 
that he would have a forward hat. Yeah, he did. He, he did, and then he it turned forward. it backwards, and Jonas yeah. tried to say we lost yeah. that in the prop bet monster. You, you did. Yeah. I mean, you, did. You, yeah. look, you, you could, didn't because you, he started the game right. with a four. Hey, listen, you can argue with the dealer all you want. You can say you had a 21. It looked like an 18 to me, so I don't know what to tell you. That's Sorry, it's you not a blackjack. It, but well. it's, it, this isn't over the top, okay, where it counts when he like, flips the switch and he turns his hat backwards, hey. okay? I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm making betting lines. I mean, I'm glad you brought it up. We will have a prop at monster coming up later this hour. Uh, and, and I mean, the way you, the way you keep attacking me, who knows? Maybe I'll start siding with Levar on some of these bets. I mean, I'm just, oh, no, I'm just no. saying, see, man. See what you just tried to do is create sides. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not for that. I, I'm not here for that. I'm I mean, just here, look, I'm just, just here to talk about Dan Quinn and Kellen that. Moore. All right, and 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 Kellen Moore will not be the one that would replace Mike McCarthy. You see how I killed your bit? Like killed it on the vine. I totally chopped <laughs> it off. That's fine. I'm not even. I will not be used in in your 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 little bit here. I'm not going to do it. You will not be um, a prop in the prop bet. No, monster. I will not no. be a prop okay, in the prop fine. bet. And, okay. and 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 so for what it's worth, again. Quinn was the the guy that was called to take over. And I don't even see that being an option because I look at it from the continuity standpoint of it. Mike McCarthy brought in Dan Quinn. And Mike McCarthy 100% righted his wrong with, with what took place with Nolan. There is a continuity that is taking place. I said immediately after him finishing his quote, I agree with the first part. I won't touch the second part because there, there's no need to, to you know, state that. It's, that's the, the unstated deal. You don't mess with people's families. Um, but him talking about them taking a step forward, them being better, that's true. And, and you said it earlier in the show, Brady, is more so from the defensive standpoint. If you got to do some tweaking to the offense at this point, then do that tweaking. But you have the personnel to do that tweaking. Now, with the, the offensive front, what are the question marks there? Um, and as to how you move forward with, with that, what is the, 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 the moving forward key to, to Ezekiel Elliott and his contract? Do you bring that back? Do you try to, like, are you stuck with him? What, there are a few things they have to figure out offensively. I don't think you have to add finding a head coach to the scenario just yet, even though the pressure continues to mount for this team to make a legitimate Super Bowl run. He also uh, was pointing out how you know Zeke's going to come back from his his injury, the uh, the ailment that was going on. I mean, which is which is funny because we were told during the season that he's not dealing with an injury; everything is fine. And now we find out afterwards, no, nah, I got a little bit of an issue there, but uh, he should be back hundred percent. Well, he had the big knee, bro. He had the Don Joy on. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it just did. yeah. He so the Don Joy on for plenty I, I, of weeks. I mean, what, I just I wonder what the approach is for them. Do they just look at it and go, no, everything's fine. We'll just roll it back next year, uh, this upcoming season, and, and figure it out from there. It just feels like there needs to be some sort of a change. Something's got to change because it's the same conversation we have with Dallas every year. They've got the talent. Uh, you know, players are paid very nicely there, and yet they come up short seemingly the, the past few years with Dak Prescott as their quarterback. I, I don't know what the answer is, but it feels like something needs to be done. I, I got to be honest too what's most or should be most disappointing to Dallas Cowboys fans is how bad the division is yes it's a bad division no one expected the Eagles to do what they did this year and they find their way into the playoffs and they get smoked but like that's a team that I think you'd say maybe 
they're on the ascent or the, they're on the rise. But think about that for a second. The Washington football team, not really competitive. The Giants have been the, one of the worst teams in the NFL. You've got this window to not only dominate where you could potentially be up for the number one seed because the six of the games on your schedule should be against lesser opponents. So not only do you have that to your favor, but you can't even, like, you can't even seize it. I mean, this year they win the division great. Last year they didn't. It's just the whole thing is a bit shocking to me. And I think, you know, if, if the Eagles with three first-round picks, if they are indeed going to build around Jalen Hurts, they're only, they only should be improved. I mean, think about the difference Micah Parsons made. One player, one first-round pick. The Eagles have three. Yeah. Imagine if they go get a guy like Nakobe Dean and he does for their defense what Micah Parsons did for the Cowboys and how much different it's going to feel next year when these two teams play. So I just – I think they've literally pissed away a, a window of opportunity <laughs> in the NFC East. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs. I mean, for Cowboy fans, for Cowboy haters, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, this offseason and next season, potentially. Uh, it's Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. All right, so coming up next, uh, we're going to find out which big-time quarterback in the NFL could be on the move first this offseason. It's yours right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Two Pros and a Cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. Later this hour, the prop bet monster. Right now, though, uh, Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter for the MMQB, always kind enough to join us here every single week on Fox Sports Radio. Albert, good morning. How's your Thursday going? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're good. Great. We're just uh, yeah. trying to make sense of uh, what the hell was going on in Dallas over the weekend and just some of these uh, other uh, reports around the league. I, I did want to ask you, though, um, obviously we've got the games that we're going to touch on, but it, have you gotten in sort of a uh, been able to take the temperature around the league of – if there's a major move at quarterback, whether it be Russell Wilson, and they've, you know, he's kind of uh, hinted at something. Of course, we know what happened last off season. But if there is a move, a major move at quarterback, who's the first one to go in your mind as we head into this off season? I mean, I, I, it depends on what happens with Russell Wilson, but I think he would probably be the first one if he does ask for a trade, and. I mean, this could go either way, but it wouldn't shock me if he winds up going in and meeting with ownership at some point, and maybe they come to the decision that the Lions came to last year with Matthew Stafford, where it's just best for all parties involved to move on. Um, And the reason why is Seattle has a pretty significant rebuild in front of it, and I don't know that they can promise Russell Wilson they're going to be contender in the next couple of years. If they want to rebuild, they need capital. They don't have a first-round pick this year. That uh, that first-round pick went to the Jets in the Jamal Adams trade. And so – Yeah. Um, John I, Schneider I hates that, those, though, Albert. I mean, John Schneider hates first-round picks. I mean, how many have they traded no, away in the past few years? Yeah. I know. I know. But, I mean, like, here's the thing, Brady. It's like they don't need one thing. They need a lot of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you look at their roster, and it's not like they're – Right, well, here, this third rounder and this fifth rounder, we're good to go. They're further away than that. 
I mean, their left tackle is a free agent. You know, their offense was a mess last year. They got to decide whether or not they're going to pay DK Metcalf, and I think that's a complicated decision. Um, you know, I, and then you look at their defense. They're still relying on Bobby Wagner in the middle. How many difference makers do they have on that side of the ball? You know, they're relying on Carlos Dunlap as a pass rusher. It's just they have a lot of work to do, and that's and and, and I, I just I sort of look at it like if Russell Wilson walks in there tomorrow and asks for a trade, um, do they accommodate him? And I think if the if your feeling is, and if you're Seattle, your feeling is that this is the last contract he's going to do with the team. Well, he's only got two years left on that deal. And so can you get to the point where you're going to make it worth it to keep him for the next two years? I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think you may need too many things to get yourself in a position to contend that quickly. And so I, I just think that that's probably the one – because Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's getting traded between now and the draft. I just think the Texans may wait until there's a little bit more clarity on his legal situation so they can get better value for him. Whereas if the Seahawks and Russell came to a decision tomorrow that, all right, like this is it and, 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 and we're going to trade him and you're going to find a new home, Russell, um, you know, he could be traded by the weekend. You know what I mean? Now they can't execute the trade till March, but – you guys remember what happened with Matthew Stafford last year. It's not impossible to see something quickly happening like that. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, as far as landing spots go, what do you or what do you foresee happening for Russell? Because the the team that was reportedly trying to make a trade they were talking to took a first round quarterback in Justin Fields. So I would imagine that's off the table now. Where could you envision yeah. him going? Well, the one that I have my eye on, um, Brady, is is New Orleans. And, I mean, I think New Orleans would have to be creative from a cap standpoint to make it happen. But if he was on their list last year, I think, you know, he sort of would fit what Sean Payton wants. The team um, is very much in a win-now position. Like, if you look at their roster um, and you look at the amount of players that are either like in the back end of their prime or right in the heart of their prime, there's a lot of them, you know. And, you know, it's Cam Jordan. It's it's, it's Demario Davis, it's Marshawn Lattimore, it's Marcus Williams, it's Michael Thomas, if you can get him back in the fold. It's all those offensive linemen, Ryan Ramchick, Tron Armstead, you know, is a free agent, but you're going to, I mean, work to get him back. Alvin Kamara, I mean, it's a pretty good team, and they won nine games with, you know, just kind of like patching it together at quarterback all year. And so New Orleans is one that I have my eye on. The Giants are another one, depending on who they hire as their head coach. You know, and then I think you have to, like, sort of look at Cleveland, too, as being a potential landing spot for one of these quarterbacks. Now, I don't know that would be Russell. I don't know they want to go with an older player like that. But I think that they're going to, despite what they've said, at least explore the idea of upgrading a quarterback. Um, and then I think you got the four teams that were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes that you have to have your radar up for, um, and that's Carolina, Miami, Philadelphia, and Denver. All right, I'm going to switch gears on you, and, and and maybe this makes you happy. Maybe it makes you sad. I don't know. They beat your alma mater this year. Finally, it happens. Uh, yeah. Jim Harbaugh makes it happen, and now we're hearing the reports, and they seem to be intensifying a little bit, A.B., um, what, how do you see this playing out? Uh, is is this just a scare tactic to be appreciated more and and be shown a little bit more appreciation through a, you know whatever it is that Harbaugh wants, or is this a legit 
you know, situation where he could possibly end up back in the National Football League? Well, don't get me wrong, LeVar. I think he likes making them squirm. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and I think I said this to you guys a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the one thing I think we all know about Jim Harbaugh is that dude can hold a grudge with anybody. And, like, I don't think he liked the fact that he was forced to take a pay cut last year. I think he filed that away. And I think, you know, now if they're going to feel uncomfortable um, being where they're at with him, then I think that's all the better for him. Um, And I think that there's definitely a scenario where he's back at Michigan. The more, like, you sort of hear this and the longer it goes on, the more I'm starting to think, like, he does want to go back to the NFL. Now, I don't know if it's going to be this year, next year, whenever, but I remember hearing that even when he first got to Michigan, is that he had unfinished business in the NFL um, after losing that Super Bowl to his his brother. Um, And, I mean, the one thing about Jim is he's a little bit like Bill Parcells. I think it's the best coaching comp for him. And what I mean by that is he'll go into a place, he'll shake the place up, and eventually he'll wear everybody out. And that's what happened at Stanford. That's what happened at, um, at San Francisco. I would argue that's what happened at Michigan until he sort of reshuffled the deck before this year and kind of gave himself a new start. And so I think he's somebody who believes he can go in somewhere and win quickly in the NFL. And so, like, I know a year ago, LeVar, that he sniffed around just about every job and really tried to kind of get in the mix with the Chargers and the Jets. And there was no NFL interest. And so this time around, you know, I I think the fact that his stock is up a little bit, I think there is a feeling like maybe I ought to take advantage of that. And maybe this won't be the same way two years from now when I'm 60 years old. And so – I just think, you know, like there's definitely a real curiosity there, and it would be really interesting to see what happens if he actually, you know, gets an offer at some point from either the Raiders or the Bears or some other NFL team. It's uh, Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter with the MMQB, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Two pros and a cup of Joe with you here on FSR. Um, how surprised are you that we haven't already had a coach hired in one of these openings or, or a general manager hire? I, it, it just feels to me like, you know, at this point, we would have seen somebody get, you know, hired or it's at some yeah. point. It just feels like it's taken longer than normal. Am I wrong? I mean, I, I think I think you're right. Like, I think it is a little slower. But I, I will say this, like, Jonas, I think it's like what the NFL wants. You know, like, I think the NFL wants this to be a slower, more deliberate process. They want teams to do their homework. And one of the main reasons why is because of the diversity problem they have. Like, they don't feel like over the last few years teams have done enough to get to know these guys. Like, the way the process has gone, I mean, really, if you look over the last five to ten years, a lot of these teams have so much work done by the time they get to the end of the season that it becomes a race to just hire whoever they, you know, have sort of predetermined they wanted to hire. And the NFL's really wanted to break that. So I think that that's one factor here. The second factor to me is that there's no real bell of the ball. Like last year we knew going in that it was Robert Sala, that it was Arthur Smith, and there was almost a race to go and get those guys. And when those guys came off the board, you almost saw a race to get Brandon Staley, whose name got hot late. And I don't think that there's anybody this year that sort of fits that category. And that's allowed teams to take it a little slower. So I think this is actually a good development because, you know, these teams are you know, going through the first process. Some of them are doing it over video conference. And they're getting to know the guys a little bit. And then they're going through a second round 
where they're doing things in person. And I actually think that this is probably a better process than just, you know, doing your homework and then getting into some sort of race to get this coach or that coach over the other team. I think oftentimes that can be how a team can make mistakes and how, quite honestly, a coaching candidate can make a mistake because he's being hurried into a decision. So, you know, I I think we're going to probably get a hire here soon. Maybe it's Dan Quinn, who I think has been the number one name on the board. Um, But, you know, I I do think that what you're seeing isn't a mistake. Like, I think there there has been a more deliberate process this time around. Albert, do you think there's any chance that since Dan Quinn is kind of a hot commodity, that the Dallas Cowboys would look at what they have and say, I don't know that we want to let this guy out the door? Given how the end, end of the season went for the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy still seems to say it's the, it's the right call, even though I would argue that till the end of time, you think there's a chance they'd look at him and say, you know, a year from now we might be saying we just let the better head coach walk out the door and move on from McCarthy yeah. and hire Dan Quinn? Brady, I can't be clearer about this. They love Dan Quinn. Um, Stephen Jones, I mean, like does not want to lose Dan Quinn. And there's a nuance in his contract situation that's actually really interesting. So you guys remember, like, I think it was 14 years ago when they gave Jason Garrett that huge raise to stay and keep coaching under Wade Phillips, right, because they love Jason? Yeah. Well, they can't do that here. And the reason why is that Dan Quinn's still getting paid by the Falcons. And so the offsets are such where, I mean, they would have to pay him like $9, $10 million a year to give him to give him a, a raise over what he's already making, and so, like I mean, I, I don't know what the Cowboys could do other than making him the head coach to keep him away from taking a job in say Denver with a guy who he knows really well and the general manager there, George Payton. Um, so I think the Cowboys have a decision to make, and you know Jerry, the one thing I know, having you know I, I was on that beat and, and knowing that team like I do. Um, you know, one thing I know about Jerry Jones, he doesn't like to admit that he's wrong. Um, he, I, I, I don't think that, like, after going through what they've gone through the last two years, they want to detach from Mike McCarthy. I think their preference would be to keep the entire staff in place. But I do think the idea of losing Dan Quinn has sort of forced them to face this very real question, which is, can we can we go forward with Mike McCarthy potentially without either of his coordinators? And what would a Mike McCarthy staff look like with no Dan Quinn and no Kellen Moore? And would we be better off with Dan Quinn as our head coach? Um, I, I think it's a very real question that they've got to face right now. I think the likelihood is McCarthy's back there in 2022, but I don't think that that's making it any less difficult to, to, to look at the prospect of what might be ahead the next couple of weeks. I think uh, uh, a hot-button topic for me right now today that we discussed earlier is the Bruce Arians fining of $50,000 for making contact with one of his players' heads, yeah. short striking them, whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Has there been any more clarity on – what what's you know what the thought process of that or was it is it just pretty cut and dry I mean I I feel like almost at some point you got to give if you're the NFL you got to give a little bit more color as to why you would find him for doing that because that's just not you know to me 
it's up to interpretation, but it's also you got to take a really, really hard look at what the NFL represents, has represented, and is in terms of looking at it from the perspective of finding that man $50,000. Yeah, I wish we had a little more clarity on it, too, um, LeVar, because I do think it's on them to be transparent in these sorts of situations. And, I mean, look, like, I think there's a question about, you know, like, I think there was a lot of, I'll put it this way, social media buzz coming out of that game about B.A. And it wasn't just that. It was Tristan Works going back in the game. And, and you know, I, I, like, to me, I, like, I, I, I'm with you. Like, you know, and I, I'm actually, like, part of my, one of my things I'm going to do today is I'm going to effort more of an answer, more, a, more, uh, a more complete answer on that. But I think it is on the NFL to be transparent in situations like that, mostly because, um, you know, now they've sort of set a precedent. And if he accidentally hit him there, then is you know, then the question sort of becomes, well, like, is this something that's going to be an across-the-board sort of thing now? And I think that's the trouble with reacting to social media sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it sort of is one of those things that picked up steam on social media and I think maybe became a little bigger than it was on the field for the guys who were involved in it. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that there's absolutely, um, there's absolutely, like, I think, I think, I think, like, everybody deserves sort of a full explanation on this and why this went down the way that it did and what specific rule BA broke and if it's going to be something that the NFL is going to enforce going forward. Because, you know, certainly I, I can't think of another example of a coach being fined that sort of way in this sort of situation. Uh, get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB and always kind enough to join us every single week here on Fox Sports Radio. Albert, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, All right, Albert. thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, All right, buddy. Uh, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on Fox Sports Radio. It's two pros and a cup of joe with you here on FSR. Uh, coming up next, uh, we are going to dive back into a little prop bet monster. We are all tied up, but we are going to get into some shenanigans as we look ahead to the games this weekend. It's yours right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. Will it take asunder? (laughs) Yeah. Come on. It's two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. 
Lamar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up top of next hour, uh, about 15 minutes from now, uh, a, one of the uh, great players in the history of an organization with some uh, harsh words uh, for his former team. We will get into that for you here on yeah. FSR. Um, now, uh, what you, you didn't say now, Brady? Yeah, what'd you do, Brady? <laughs> uh, not me. Ripping not, not oh, 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 okay. Ripping oh, Notre Dame like me. that. It's unbelievable. No, I wouldn't have uh, Notre this Dame. Way. Um, it wouldn't have been Notre Dame. It might have been somebody else. So it's uh, we're going to have the uh, prop bet monster coming up here <laughs> momentarily. Uh, we are brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, your home for live sports. And that means all sports, every game, match, race and competition. It is always on. Now go on and plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com to see the best and brightest in Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. And now it's time for this. Here to feed your degenerate gambling soul. <laughs> the Prop Bet Monster. <laughs> All right, so here we go. This is where uh, during the regular season we were focusing on primetime games. I would make up some prop bets. I would throw them at LeVar and Brady, and we'd see how we did. Uh, and during the regular season, you guys finished tied. So we got to sort this thing out here in the postseason. So I have got a prop bet on each game this weekend in the NFL. And then the final one is a, uh, a prop bet on all the games together. So let's get it started. Uh, Bengals at Titans, Saturday, 430 Eastern time, and here's your prop bet. Derrick Henry's first carry, does it go for positive yardage? Does it go for negative yardage? Or does he get stopped for no yardage? Positive. I'm positive, yeah. I'm going to be positive. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, he can positive. fall forward at his side. What is he, 245 pounds? Like six he's foot big, three? He's a big one. He, if he just falls forward... He's at least at the line of scrimmage. I mean, so, you know, he's dealing with a foot injury, so, you know, he may have gained a little bit of weight. This being able might to have cardio, been I mean. the easiest of all of the prop bet monsters okay. that you've ever given all us. All right, listen, I mean, yeah. everybody, uh, you know, mark the uh, mark the tape, as they like to say. Mark the tape that this was an easy one. I, I would have gone with no yardage at all, I feel like. Well, uh, then go with no yardage. Let's I'm make not, this a wild card no, deal. This, this isn't, let's, this put isn't, the, let's put the toilet seat back no, on. Why can't you Since this is so easy. No, listen, I don't want to, because I feel like I would have really uh, an advantage over both you guys in this, uh, oh, in this game. Wow. So I don't want to do that. I'm well, let's do a playoff edition. Let's I, do a playoff edition. That. Call in an audible. Make okay. a call. I, I will just say what I would have gone with. Uh, it, it's not official, I'm but I would have gone with no yardage. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you are. No yardage. Uh, no okay. yardage. All right, yeah, I got so your, you're just not one who yeah. expects to score. Yeah, I, I that's, that's your, what uh, it is. He never does. Tell me about it. Very nice guy right there, that Brady Quinn. You're not a finisher. Moving out. It is what it is. Yeah, listen, uh, I get it. Yeah, I get uh, it. There's, there's a lot to that. Though, I learn but, more uh, about you every always, day. Always, uh, always good. Uh, just oh, nice everybody caught the innuendo. Um, Don't worry about it. Let's uh, keep going. Come 49ers, on. 49ers, Packers next up. That's the night game on Saturday. Uh, the game to finish up Saturday's action. All right, so let's go. Kyle Shanahan's headwear. All right, is it a black flat bill hat? A white flat bill, a red flat bill, or because of the elements, is Kyle Shanahan wearing a beanie? Oh, a beanie, one hundred percent. Think so? Really? One hundred percent. He loves flat bill hats. He does. Though. Big flat bill guy. Okay. Like Brady. 
Beanie, one hundred. And what's the temperature supposed to be up in Green Bay? It's in supposed to be teens. pretty frigid. In the teens, yeah. I believe. It leads a lab. You're the Packers fan. You don't know what the damn the temperature lap. is. Let's go live to our. I should yeah. know what the temperature is at Lambeau Field Insider. Lead the lab for the latest, Lee. When I first looked, it was uh, 21 degrees. Now I think it's going below freezing, or excuse me, below zero with a uh, wind chill. What? Oh, that's hold a beady then. Uh, hold, that's hold easy. You can't wear a flat a, bill hat in that hold weather. Hold on a second. I, I need to. Uh, we need to get to the bottom of this, Lee. I don't know. That sounds like uh, that, that's, that's a drastic drop from twenty-one degrees to below zero. Um, AccuWeather says fourteen degrees. Okay. I'm looking for wind chill. <laughs> Unless right. you decide to use the heating, uh, the the heating stuff that uh, Coach Coughlin used on his face that was meant for your arms, you know. <laughs> then he might have a cap on. I, but I, I'm it, going you know. Beanie too. Wait, is, go is that why Coughlin's face looked like it was melting in that game? Because he I used mean, the, the stuff on thing, the body. From from what I hear, I, now that could be untrue, but from what I hear, the the whatever whatever it is that he rubbed on his face was supposed to go on your, you know other extremities i mean it looked like he fell asleep on a table saw i mean so I, i'm not uh, like, and listen you do a show with plex who was in that game so i think you have yeah. good sourcing on this no i don't no, don't be throwing my sources out saying. there plexico isn't a source all right so lavar you're going beanie <laughs> yes all right, so we're going yes. beanie there Wrong uh, right. why, why coach uh, burn his face like that Ra- rams <laughs> dude fix your face his face uh, vanilla sky oh, uh, no. rams, oh, no. rams buccaneers <laughs> Sunday, 3 Eastern time. First post-whistle altercation between Aaron Donald and Ryan Jensen over or under halftime. Ooh, now that's a great one. That's a great one. I'm going to say under. Yeah. I'm going to say under. Yeah, I'm going to take the the over on that because they they watching Donald. Aaron, I mean, Aaron, they they they, just, they studied that like he was coming with an assassination <laughs> type of movement towards the dude's face, and it's not labeled a punch, so you can't suspend him. But he was doing something that was that, that was DJ going, Humphreys last week. I think so. Oh, he was trying more. to choke him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> but but did you see how he was trying to get the knuckles to the oh, to yeah. the eye? Why, why is is it Donald? Is, is it Aaron Donald the problem, or is it everyone just who goes up against him? They get so I'm going to tell, tell y'all what it is. He understands little maneuvers like grabbing a thumb and making it feel like he's going to break it and different <laughs> things like that. He grabs different pressure points, and people don't like it. He's the Steven Seagal of the NFL. I mean, you kind of, yeah, kind of, sort of. Uh, all like, right, uh, like real life NFL Mortal Kombat out there with Aaron is. Donald. Uh, yeah. Bills at Chiefs Sunday, 6.30 Eastern time. What gets thrown on the field first? Yes. Trash, a challenge flag, or an object of a sexual nature like the one that was thrown last week. Yeah, challenge number flag. two. All right, you're going to go challenge, challenge flag. <laughs> I'm going number two. <laughs> Wait, yeah. challenge flag is number two. Do you want the object or you want oh, the no, challenge no. flag? I want the object. I want the object. <laughs> Very good. Hey, Pac-Man, Very this good. is me. Right, final one. Final I one. throw buildouts. A road team to win first this weekend. Bengals, 49ers, Rams, Bills, or none of the above. Bengals. Ooh. Hey, Ooh. Cincinnati. <laughs> hey, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Pick one. Bills, Cincinnati, and who else? The first te- to- team to win, road team to win first this weekend. Bengals, <laughs> 49ers, Rams, or Bills, or none of the above. Uh, none of the above. All right, so no road teams win this weekend, and that is the divisional edition of the Prop Bet Monster. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.